And now we're back to Mr. Lowe's. Mr. Lowe's, you know, one thing, you know, that, first of all, what kind of stress it is to have that kind of lineup? Like, how long does it take to get all these? Same as Timmy Head. That's the kind of stress. Turning red. He's turning red, everybody. He's burning up. It's like, because you know, you're talking about A-listers, A-list jazz people like Norman Connors, for example. Like, I remember some people back in the day to try to get these A-list people is very tough to get some of them. Yeah. When you call, I presume the phones, they pick up the phone because, you you know, you're legendary in a sense. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, listen, listen you know, we're, we're so lucky to have, over the years, to have brought the likes of Maze, Jill Scott, Jackie Khan, uh, all sorts of people. And, you know, we, we still keep looking. I mean, it's these, these people are, people like Jill Scott are superstars, you know, Quest Love. It's just uh, people like Tina Marie in the past and Phil Simon, who sadly passed as well, you know. It's just uh, phenomenal some of the artists we've had over the years, and you know, I, I, I think I think they appreciate. I think they have a look at what we do and they appreciate what we do, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, hopefully we've got a good reputation oh. with the agents, you know. So yeah, it's not a lot of you guys doing that level. First of all, let me clarify this: I don't know anybody else that puts on the amount of vocal artists like you do. I think it's important to my events if if, if I can, you know. I think Sunday Beach more of a party in the sun and it's a holiday. But there's when it comes to the weekenders, the weekender because it's a three day event, you know, or a one day festival. I think it's important you get that big live element in because, you know, as well as the DJs. I think it's just it breaks it up. And if people want a bit of a dance with a DJ, they can have that. People want to go and have a rest, and watch a good live act, and that's important as well. And who doesn't want to be like five foot away from Chaka Khan or? Jill Scott or, you know, or Gregory Porter, who we took to Croatia a couple of years back. You know, it's amazing, you know. Yeah, no, so, I know. Uh, he, he's, turned out, he's turned out to be something special, hasn't he, you know? Amazing. Really? Oh, he always sure. was, you know, brilliant. Oh, yeah, of course. But for you as as being the promoter and the nightlife, you know, mogul you are, um, what's involved with taking care of these A-list artists like Shaka Khan? Like they come to your events. What are you, what are you expected as a promoter to do besides pay them? Of course. No, oh, champagne, caviar. And <laughs> no, I, do you know what it is? The, 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 the bigger the act, I often find the bigger the act, the, the nicer they are. People like Jill Scott is so humble. And now I told her she's so nervous about going on stage. It was crazy, you know, but that's because she cares, you know? And like, um, you know, like I say, don't having a good team around me as well who who do the job and look after these people. And, it, you know, it's important, you know. Good sound guys, good lighting guys, good security, good artist liaison, you know. And, and a lot of forward planning as well. You know, it's important. Were you blessed to be able to get video of these performances to kind of have together to put a movie or documentary. Listen, there's a there's a girl called Sarah Smith. I don't know if she's listening, but Sarah Smith has spent best part of twenty years putting together a movie called One Nation Under a Groove. It's all about the weekend there, and she has done this amazing movie. And she did a few small cinemas around the UK, including London. And honestly, the emotions in those cinemas—you know, people were crying, people were laughing, the applause. You know, and one day hopefully we'll get that signed up and get it out there live, you know, or Sarah will anyway, you know. But yeah, we've got this fantastic movie ready to go and there's showings around the cinemas, you know, in a proper setting like that. 
It was fantastic. I mean, I must admit, I, I, when I went to see it, I hadn't, I didn't see the preview. I didn't want to, and I couldn't believe it. I was blown away, you know. So yeah, it's good. So now you're more like the Steve Rebell with Studio Fifty Four in a sense when they did the movie, but now it's it's something weekender. No, I wish. Slows. I, I went to I went to Studio Fifty Four in Miami though, not the one in New York. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah, there was one in Miami. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, but do you remember what year you went? I haven't a bloody clue, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed some of the clubs in New York, by the way. I've got to say, like the Sound Factory Bar, I loved. You know, I went there. Sound System was off the hook. You know. Yeah, of course. Uh, and Jack, you know what I really liked? Giant Steps as well. Oh, yeah. Morris, Barry, Morris, Maurice. Oh, brilliant. I, I love Jack. Such a cool place. Such a cool crowd, you know. The music, but very hip-hop, jazz sort of stuff. Wicked, you know. I loved it all, you know. I think I did uh, in that week. I went to Giant Steps and Sound Factory Bar. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was good. Was that the Sound Factory Bar time when the Wednesday night when Louis Vega was playing? At yeah. The, yeah, that's why I bumped in, that's why I bumped into Tom Moulton, and I ended up speaking to Tom Moulton for about an hour and a half. I never met him before. Yeah, le- legend there. Eh? Share us with that. Share us your Tom Moulton experience. Just just got Tom introduced himself. I just we we just stood talking. Did you about. say this to Tom? You ain't no. back because Tom has probably did more R and B dance disco records than that's so amazing. People never even knew what he looked like for years. Well, I didn't know who he was. Nobody. I, 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 I remember bumping into him. I, I had a few drinks, Lenny, just for, just for a change. I was excited to be in New York, you know. I mean, listen, I've, I've had journey times in America, you know. I, I used to go hunting for a lot of acts as well. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember. Well, obviously, Leon Way, you remember, yeah? Awesome. Yeah, of course. And uh, just tell us stories, really. I... Um, when I was doing the actor, I was in Miami on a holiday with my girlfriend at the time, and I flew across to Los Angeles uh, to go. I had two meetings set up. One was with Lamont Ozier. Okay. And he wouldn't let me in. I'll tell you another story there. I'll tell you a funny story in a minute, actually. So there was, I went, so I thought, right, I'm going to go around and see Leon Ware. So. I went around to Leon Ware's house and he hadn't been out on the road for years. And I managed to persuade him to get out with his band and he never stopped doing it after that. And if I'll tell you what, that's in Leon's house. See that? that picture? I don't know but, oh, wow. That's a salt to salt t shirt as well. Hey, everyone, we know the time when that was. Okay. Yeah, so- Leon, Leon actually, his wife made us a cup of tea. I managed to persuade him to get coming out on the road again. You know, and he kept going right until he passed, sadly, you know, but we kept in touch a little bit and brilliant, you know. But then a funny story happened, you know. Uh, I was in Croatia in a, we were assigned a nightclub, Barbarella's, in a small nightclub, and there was Jazzy B, and there was me, and there was a couple of the other guys around. And there was, I was with Leroy Hudson, right? So Leroy Hudson, we took to Croatia. But it got rained off, so we had to reschedule the show a little bit later on. So we're all sat inside, and there's a guy sat with uh, Leroy Hudson. I'm saying, I know your face. Where do I know you? I know you. I know your face. I've seen your face. And I says, um, he says, you might know me brother. I says, who's your brother? He says, Lamont. I says, you're Reggie Dozier, aren't you? Holland Dozier Holland. So he's sat with Leroy Hudson. 
And I said, tell your brother, he said, I'm not going to repeat it. And he said, what? I said, yeah, he wouldn't let me in. I flew across here, such and such. And he says, well, I says, he, he says, he said, oh, yeah, he was really big-headed at the time because he was working with Phil Collins and he was wasn't seeing people. And I said, oh, I went round to him. What do you call him's house, you know? So I went round to Leon's house. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I says, well, I spent some time in a studio with some people called The Waters. And he turns around, he says, that's my cousins, man, The Waters. They were legendary as well. So I spent a few days with, uh, with The Waters. And as they sat in Croatia in this little tiny club, talking to Reggie Dozier over this story, and Jazzy Bain and I just said, they are brilliant. Just, what a story, you know? Yeah, I mean, because I know you had, I'm saying to myself, you had to do, you know, camping out, pushing to get this to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was looking for new acts. At the, like in the early days, yeah, of course. You know, because you know, everybody wasn't represented by agents, as you know. You know, and, you, know you had to go and talk to people direct. Well, that was many moons ago. But I thought I'd share that little story coming from America. I'm sure you'd appreciate it, you know? Of course, yeah. Any strange, any strange moments that you found certain artists through certain ways? Was anything like the most strangest thing that happened? You know, we all have those moments of things that, no, no. oh, my God, I don't know how the hell I found myself in this situation. Was there anything like that that happened with particular artists that you ran into and the next thing you knew, booking them more? I remember one of the Southports, I was sat in the office and I heard this booming sound system going off for a sound check, you know. I had this voice and I thought, what's that? And so this guy's incredible. So I went running out the office to see who was on the stage. Now, it was a guy called Adamski. I don't know if you remember Adamski. Sure I do. Now, of course, nobody knew who was singing at the time because Adamski, but who was it? It was Seal, you know. And what a voice. And he was singing Killer at the time. And it wasn't even a, you know, I thought, man, what is this? Look how big a star he went to be, you know? Oh, God. He went out to be a pop star. Like, bigger than Adam Ski is like not even known in his, and nobody cares. Yeah, it was him who brought out the Killer track with Seal, you know? It was interesting, you know? And a, and a, and a dodgy holiday camp in the northwest of England, you know? <laughs> it's good. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's the kind of stuff nobody would know unless they were right next to you. Oh, well. Hell There's sick. a lot of stories, but I'm not going to tell you because it wouldn't be really suitable, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us. We can we, oh, just clean, no. <laughs> clean story. You can tell us the clean ones. You don't have to you don't have to tell us the dirty ones. Oh, no, clean ones, Lenny. Come on, you should know that by now. I'm from Newcastle in the north of England. We don't do clean. <laughs> I know, especially the more beer is poured, the worse it gets. As yeah. like, of course, of course. But, you know, here's the thing. I'll, I'm going to bring up Junior Vasquez, for example. Oh, okay. yeah, Junior Vasquez. I never actually worked with Junior Vasquez, I don't here's think. The thing. When James Barton and Ministry wanted to bring him over finally for, the, for those gigs, his rider was eight pages long, and it was crazy. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, you right. It was it was like eight pages to a point that he wanted certain bubble gums in the booth and crazy. Have you ever had that happen from an artist and you just said, Oh, please, F off. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I've had a I've had a request for a large double bed with two Japanese prostitutes in it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I couldn't find them, I'm afraid. <laughs> Somebody would put that in a rider? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say who. You're not going to say who it is, but somebody actually put that in a rider. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then, of course, there's a copious amounts of weed that people want to provide. Well, you can't actually do that. <laughs> we want X amount of weed at the gig. Well, how about how about Charlie? Has that been asked on the gig rider as well? That keep that oh yeah, going? yeah, that's been on the rider. There's been some freaky ones, I tell you, man. Uh, he just here's the deal. We know you're the promoter, consummate professional that you are. What's the craziest thing besides the Japanese in the bed that you saw? I, mean, I, I can't think of much more. I think at the moment that that's was a good right? The craziest. Yeah. That's true, that <laughs> female or male asking for that? Uh, male. America or English? American, of course. Of course. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I don't want to ask you, DJ or, or, or singer, because it's going to get really, then somebody's going to realize. I don't want you to do that. Oh. How very, many, good, very good DJ, though. <laughs> okay. Who let you down? As an oh. artist, as a vocal singer, as an artist singer, like who you were like had you had high hopes that we were going to be incredible, and you heard them and you went, "Oh no!" Just said, no, you know what, Lenny? I can't really think of anybody's let me down that way, you know, because I think everybody has a bad day, but it's never been so bad that it's you know, it's been we've never you know we've never I think we've been very lucky, you know. I think every all the performers have done really really well. I mean. I think more likely if anything let them down was probably a sound issue from our side. And that's, I'd rather take that on the chin myself, you know? Because sometimes sometimes people don't realise you get stuff like that. Or the acoustics might not have been right in the venue and we needed to tweet it on the next show. Or, but nothing that the artists themselves have ever done, you know? Brilliant, you know? You didn't bring me the two women with the bed. I can't perform now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Has that been a case where you couldn't fulfill somebody and they said to you, I'm not going on now? Oh, I've, I've, had, a, I've had a couple of awkward DJs, but uh, we're not going to that one. Not Taking a hissy fit because I haven't provided this, I haven't provided that, but I don't know, you know. You get people, don't you? Most 99.9% .9 of the people we work with, Lenny, we're all nice people, you know. It's a beautiful scene of music that we're in. It's full of beautiful people. That's the name of our next festival in September, by the way. Beautiful People Festival, because that's what people are. I think people, people are beautiful inside and out, and I think that's why we all love this music and this scene so much, you know? I mean, we're a worldwide family now, aren't we, you know? Well, the internet has made that happen. Yeah, house, house, house music has brought everybody together. You know, soul music was massive for us all, but it never had the impact that the house thing did, what it's had still today, you know? And hip hop as well, you know, brilliant. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm a big hip hop fan as well, you know. I mean, we had, you know, we put Crowd Call Quest on back in the day, you know. And I, I just love them, you know. I, I love that, and, you know, that sort of uh, that sort of sound, you know. Who do you wish you would have gotten that you can't get now? Oh, that's easy. That's easy. You know, said, all right, tell us what James Brown. <laughs> well, I'm not James Brown. They are. I'm lucky enough to have seen him, but who's that? Oh, yeah, Marvin Gaye. You know, I'm lucky enough to have seen this man in 1981. But yeah, would I have loved to have Marvin on? Of course I would, you know. Who else? I mean, you know, look, look at some of the old programs. 
some of the classic things. There's a good one I saw. Oh yeah, I saw the documentary you did on him. Incredible. Yeah, but I, th- I think um, I think realistically, I think probably. Oh, and the other guy, of course. Who else? Two, two artists, really. I mean, both male singers. You know, we've had an awful lot of classic, legendary female singers like like Phyllis Simon and that Gene Khan. But the, the the two standout ones is, is really Marvin and Bobby Womack. Loved to seen Bobby many a time. Never actually got a chance to put him on the gig. Nearly had him once, but you know that the, they're the two people I would love to have put on. But uh, Marvin, Marvin, it was just something else for me, you know. Back in the day, when you said you were scouting artists, like you would, you would have went after Teddy Pendergrass in Philly if you could go there. You would have went. What drove you to go run to America? Did you call them first, or you just ran up and, and yeah. ran, you know? What it, wasn't, it wasn't so many I had to go chasing for. Just you know, just, just you know, I love going to America. I'd probably go and do a bit of fishing down the Florida Keys because I like me fishing, you know. And then get around and try and meet people when I can. I mean, the Miami Music Conference was brilliant for that, wasn't it, Lenny? That, that, that you know what? I miss that event so much. You know? I was thinking about that. I'll be in stage with everybody the other day, you know. All the parties we used to have down there at the Fontainebleau. And it was only at the Fontainebleau, isn't it, if you remember, you know? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, uh, you know, Roy, Roy Ez used to be there, you know. And um, we've seen some good concerts, you know. The, um, the Sunday afternoon one that Louis and Kenny did, you know, uh, with Ryan. Did he have George Benson or not? No, that was at the New York and Soul thing that he did in New York when he had yeah, the he, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wondered if George performed in Miami. I couldn't remember, you know. No. But, no. Uh, no, it's just that Miami days. I mean, you must have loved that as well. I mean, oh, yeah, we did so much networking. That was pre-internet. All Everything that you're talking about was all pre-internet. You, when I first started, there was no internet in 1987. Nothing. There was nothing like this. We used to do contracts by fax, you know. Paper tissue paper coming through. I know. I know. that was. That, that was you know what? Sometimes I think it's better without the internet, honestly. You know? It's, uh, I, got done. I got more done back then than we do with the internet today. Well, you do because the amount of emails come in. It's just like, I sound like a couple of old farts here, by the way, but you know, it's, 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 you, you send one email, you get 20 back, you know? And, and people always expect to reply at four o'clock in the morning. You didn't reply to my email. Well, I was in bed, darling, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you think? I work 24 7? Exactly. I think we're robot. You know yeah. what I mean? You work banker's hours between 9 30 and 2. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> It's amazing though. People get all all irate if they don't get an email back in ten minutes, and it's just hold on a minute. I might be driving or something, you know. That's <laughs> funny. It's the same with us. Trust me, we get this too. You didn't answer right away. Oh wait, they send you an email, then they send you a private SMS message. Al, did you get my email? Yeah, yeah. email. Then I you get a WhatsApp message, and you get somebody else. In. Well, <laughs> and then you get a Facebook message. I was like, oh. Oh, please don't write me on Facebook ever. I never get back to those messages, you know? Anyway. I know, I know. But you know what? You got a lot ahead of you, you know, and a lot to look forward to. And we just, you know, we're thrilled that, you know, everybody's talking about coming back because the biggest fear was, the question was when. We knew we were coming back. It was just a matter of when. I really, really, I know there's an awful lot of events being postponed for 2022, but as a promoter, you know, 
I think we, you know, providing it's safe and providing it's everything's all right. I mean, that's important. Most of all, it's the most important thing. I think it's so important that we get events on this year, you know, because to lose another year, it's losing the prime time of our lives, really. And also for the confidence in the music and trends and bringing new people through. I just think, you know, we've got to get stuff going this year. And I'm 100% confident we will, you know. And I'm, I hope you feel the same way over in the States as well, you know. It seems to be going that way in the States. Well, I mean, Florida was the first testament to open up. And they're a Republican state. And the numbers didn't go crazy. And a lot of us said, well, possibly because everything's outdoors. Yeah, well, Sunset Beach all outdoors, so that's the beauty of that that's one. That's the beautiful thing. If not, I, you know, I, I think if it stayed open and, and, you know, the question is when we go internal. Now, here's the thing. Two weeks ago, they did the experiment, which the whole world is watching, in Manchester, correct? Liverpool. Thank you. Remember Youssef? Youssef's a good guy. Youssef's a great guy. Great guy. They went with him, Electric Circus, with all two-day event. Yeah, we're still waiting on the results from that. That's what I wanted to ask. Has anybody said anything yet? You know, crazy. that I mean, we were were talking about that today, you know, but the scientists were saying they're reviewing data at the end of the month. But I do not think there's anything come from that. And that was an indoor event where everybody got tested. What they did, they did the Friday night. You know, they had like Blessed Madonna on, J2J, you know, great DJ. It was good to see. I think the Saturday night was more like Fat Boy Slim and that kind of music. 3,000 each night. And on the Sunday, um, Melvin Ben from Festival Republic did it, did a, a live concert type venue, like a mini festival for 5,000. And we're waiting for that weekend. But, you know, I think, I mean, they, these were like, well, certainly the two, the Friday and the Saturday gigs were indoor venues. So that's important. Saturday was more of a festival situation. So, you know, let's wait and see. But I don't think there's been any alarm bells going from it, you know. Now, they're going off those results to see if they're going to give everybody the green lights to go forward for the summer. Is that what they're waiting on? Apparently, we're all going to open up on the 21st of June, and that's what we're hoping on, you know. And uh, no restrictions. But let's see, you know. We're still waiting on proper guidance, you know, from the... From the from the government, but I'm confident. I think uh, I think from July we'll certainly be back up and running. I would imagine there's some sort of COVID certification you've got to show at a big festival. I'm not talking about little events. Um, you know, we just got to do to get this thing going and just and see where we are. You know, but uh, I saw I saw on Saturday in, in Texas, wasn't there? 73,000 people at a boxing match or something. Did you see that? 73,000. Yes, I don't get it. I don't. And New Zealand has COVID free, New Zealand, and they had 100,000 people in the event, but they're COVID free from what I understand out there. Yeah, but I've been to New Zealand. You probably have. I've driven around New Zealand for three hours and I didn't see another person. You know, it's it's, it's bigger than the UK and it's got less than 5 million people. Yeah, it's like nothing. Everybody's spread out. It's like, you know. Well, I literally, when I drove around New Zealand, I didn't see anybody for three hours. (laughs) But it wasn't a car. I thought I'd driven off track or something. <laughs> say to yourself, is there anybody to live here? I remember until you get to Auckland. Yeah, then that is that. crowded. Yeah, that's right. It's about a million and a half there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good on them. You know? Well, Alex Manaborn. 
Yeah, Matterborn. I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about Matterborn. Tell us about Matterborn. How did that happen? What was the deal behind that? Well, a good partner of mine called John Adamson. He's, uh, he's probably not listening, but he's a really good friend. Uh, he, he owns these beautiful hotels. And um, he, he's doing a festival called Hardwick Live, actually, in August. Yes, he's, he's, got, he's got Rag and Bone Man and, and Nile Rogers on, so that's going to be a good event for him. But but, but to the Man of Born was in a country place. Uh, to the Man of Born was a series on the TV. It was a real old British fashioned posh family, you know, to Man of Born and all that. Not like us, Jordies. And um, it was a great function room there. And I said, John, let's do it Sunday night, you know. And you know, twenty years later, we were still doing it. Uh, and we, we had everybody guessed in there, you know, like every, it was amazing. You know? I never played Matterborn. But I really? Knew- I thought you had. Oh, sorry if I, I thought you had. Okay. Where was exactly? Uh, Sedgefield County, Durham. Where Tony Blair used to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Tony Blair used to live. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. No, I don't think I played Matterborn. You know, we had some fantastic lineups there. Danny Tanaglia and Roger Sanchez on the same stage. and It's just crazy, you know? And, uh, you know, all Paul Trouble Anderson was a regular. Phil Asher was a regular, you know. Sad. Uh, and again, we had like a little back. It was only two rooms there, but we always had a little soul room with Jonathan. You know Jonathan. Yes. Jonathan in the back room and, um, you know, and a uh, little guest for the soul and the hip and the R&B side of stuff, you know. Um, but the Tiller Man of Born was a 20-year event as well, so it was brilliant. That's so, it. See what I'm saying about you being the cosmic professional uh Promoter of all time, <laughs> you got some of the greatest moments people remember. I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching people write and they're saying, "I lost brain cells at those parties." That's how crazy it was. Bro, I certainly lost mine. Do you know what? Just going back to the day, you know, Lenny. It's like at that time we were running two weekenders a year, which is a lot of work. I struggle to do one now because of the size of it. You know, it's hard work. We had the man upon every Sunday night. I was working for the council as an emergency planning officer, planning for death and disaster, <laughs> literally, because like what I did was I wrote plans for a nuclear power station, and I sent people on search and rescue at Lockerbie, believe it or not. I didn't uh, know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I used to do for a full-time job. And I had a bloody record shop going at the same time as well. So wait, 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 wait. Wait, go back, rewind the tape. You did search and rescue? No, no, I did. I, I, I was what you call an emergency planning officer. Okay. In the early days, I was planning the Cold War in case the nuclear bombs hit. It was so bloody depressing. I needed music to get me out of it. It was a horrible job. Any, any job working for the council is horrible. But I had to do that for a lot of years. I bet so, you so. I, bet I was you doing so. that. So then trying to run the bloody clubs and trying to run a record. Record shop at the same time. I had a, a record shop in Newcastle called Trax Records, believe it or not. I wonder where we got that name from, Trax, T-R-E-X. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, yeah. That, then Scott Bradford took it over in the end. Scott, he's a good lad. He's a good DJ. And, uh, yeah, we... I can't believe what I wants to do it. I, I couldn't cope with that now. Jesus Christ, it's too much. <laughs> so let's say you're about in... I'm going to say in your 30s around that time. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, late 30s, probably, yeah. Okay, 
Okay, so how long were I'm you? I'm very Peter Pan, though. I'm still 21 in my head, you know? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. We're all in that. We were like Peter Pan. We're all living that same dream. But, <laughs> but at that time, how long were you involved in that? Like, how many years did you put into that job? Doing oh, I did 20, 20 odd years is in the council, yeah. Yeah, I worked for the council, but it's just one of them jobs, you know, when you leave school and you don't know what you want to do and you fall into something that you never enjoyed. So, thankfully, music kept me going, and that was my steady rock to get me through all the mounts and masses amount of money I lost putting gigs on that I couldn't afford. <laughs> We've all been there, you know what I mean. So, so, in the case being that now that you say, see, this is where we're getting the nitty gritty. What makes you keep going to do this if you're losing money? Well, in them early days, just the love of it, don't you? You know, I, mean, I don't, you know, back in them days, everybody lost money doing stuff, didn't they? They made money. It's just like, it wasn't about that. It was about the music. And, you know, but then comes a living. And, you know, you come to the stage where you're so busy like I was, you have to jump and make a go for it. You know what I mean? And that, that's what happens, you know? But it's saying, you know, first and foremost, I don't listen. If you want to be a promoter to go and make masses amount of money, you wouldn't. You wouldn't really be promoting our kind of music, would you? You'd be, you know. I mean, let's be honest about it. I mean, I, you know, the, the 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 dance music of today. Ours is beautiful music, good music, but it's not the big big money earning music, that, is it? Really, you know. You know what I mean? Sure, of course. And of it's course. true because we have a love. We got. We have. We still got a soulful feeling in our heads, you know. Well, let me clarify this to you then. If it wasn't for all of you, all the promoters and all the clubs, okay, in England, the UK, there would never have been a lot of us that became stars from it because America didn't support this music like that. The more soulful it was, the more it was loved by the UK. And of course, yeah. then it went to Europe, but the UK had a love for soul. And then, of course, the vocal house music that began spawned so many careers for people that are still working today from that. Yeah, and there's singers, there's singers, a lot of singers got out there. When, you know, Dawn Tolman, I saw, she's, she's on Broadway now, isn't she? Yeah. Fantastic, you know? That's my point. I'm happy to a nicer person, you know? She's, you know, fantastic, you know? I mean, there's no way I could have ever sustained having a career of this amount of years without having the UK and Europe you know, from the record business side of it and then the just the collectiveness of the people that collected the music and be followed us all these years. Well, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, Tony Humphrey's always pulls me. You know, he's had a drink in Croatia, thanking us for what we did for music. You know, it, it, it's, hum, it's humbling, you know, because well, I told you the same at, at the same time as, as, as British, you know, we always, you know, like I mean, Paul Trouble Anderson. He, he was he was one of the first people in the UK to brought what he called garage music, but it wasn't UK garage music. And Norman Jay, you know, and they promoted, you know, High on Hope and stuff like this. But that was all based out of New York house sound, the soulful house sound, you know, and because it was called garage originally, a lot of it wasn't it, you know? Yeah. It wasn't Marvel UK Marvel garage, Marvel. it was garage, yeah. Correct, but Marvel. Marvel. Bobby and Steve from Zoo, they did an awful lot, you know. And, and it was great. And we all got together in Miami around the pool and drank cocktails and had a great time, you know. Brilliant, you know. Yeah, and that's that's something that's missing, that collectiveness. And, of course, you being a record shop owner, 
I used to call it the boys club, the record shop, because you would see many people come into your shop. You would do deals with people. Oh, God, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Crazy, right? And then when that all went away, a lot of what we, that we were known for went away. You know, like that camaraderie of hanging yeah, camaraderie yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of, of, of meeting up and having a couple of let's go eat dinner now after the shop you don't have that anymore you know the internet made it very impersonal but personal differently like the, even though this computer generation and i say this all the time thank god we have especially what we've been through with covid we've been able to all talk through the phones oh, and- it's been a lifesaver music for people you know it's like absolutely i mean you know it's, it's vital. Everybody's managed to keep connected, you know? And I think it's important we get that live connection going now. That's what we need, Lenny. Well, that's Morgan. the next question. We all miss a hug, don't we? We all miss a big hug, don't we? That's that too. But do you, you know, people asking me this question, I'm going to ask you the same question. Do you believe in this virtual reality thing of having a DJ simulcast with a big screen? No. no. Not for not for me, but I'm I'm old. You're probably asking the wrong person. No, not that you're old. No, you've nah, experienced. Nah. I, I, I like I like a big pumping sound system with with good lights or no lights or just where you can feel the music and get in the atmosphere. You know, nah, nah, I'm I'm old school. I, you know what I mean? Like I said, I love the sound factory bar because you just immerse yourself in it. You know, brilliant. You know, you know, and that's the thing. You know, how do you do a Southport weekend or event virtually? Yeah, just, we've, we've done it, you know, and it was important. And we we we, we did a no, well, we did a Sunset Beat day, and it was we did it from my soul studios, which is great, Gordon and the boys, you know. Yeah. We had a fun, fun day, and we all got together. We shouldn't have, but we still did a few of us. But you know, it's not too many, but it was. Uh, it was at least it kept it connected for a little bit, you know, but. We need the real deal now, Lenny. I think we're all tired. We want the real deal. We want to be out there on the dance floor. However bad a dancers will be after this year off. <laughs> What's your prediction? Here's mine. Are we going to go into the roaring 20s, like 1920s, and go with the prohibition and get nuts and disco and like the whole thing? is? What's your feeling? Oh, I hope so. That's definitely my style. You're thinking the same? Because everyone's been telling me, oh my God, when we come back, it's going to get crazy. You really think it's going to? I hope so. I hope so. You know, I hope it gets crazy in a nice way, you know? We've missed each other, you know? We've missed this beautiful thing we have, and I hope the appreciation's there for everybody. All the hard work that goes from all the promoters, all the DJs, and everybody, you know, because everybody suffered so much in this time. And of course, everybody, everyone, you listen to this, we've all missed this. We've all missed that lovely, beautiful connection, you know? And that's, that's what we need, you know? And I think, yeah, hopefully, Roaring Twenties, brilliant. As long as we don't get in Great Depression, that's what we don't want. <laughs> that's not going to happen. It's going to be good. Well, they keep printing money like it's going out of style over here. We got the machines running like crazy overnight. Well, me and my ex-partner were asking this the other day. Says, Where's all this money coming from? It's like, who's paying for all this stuff? All, Turn all the machines this- on. Just print it. Not even. You're in you know, Australia, they're giving people junk seeker allowance. They're probably doing something in America. We've got our furlough scheme. It's like, where is the money coming from? It's Easy. like... 
they just send you an enter return on your computer and you go and look at your look at your balance and it's like oh look what just came yeah. in yeah zero one minute one million like it's like i wish it was a million but i don't think many of us got the millions at the moment i give you a reason million reasons why i need to go to, to see southport weekend to come back because you know all you know all of you Defected, you know, everybody glitter box. Yeah, everybody, yeah. He's yeah. got a piece to this big scheme, like Hardwick Festival. And without all this happening, you know, that sets the tone for the rest of the year. These things set the tone for others to want to champion up against. And in a sense, not against, but they look to you as a goal line. They go, I want to be like. Well, 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 listen, I mean, we've, we've just been looking at Croatia today and what's going on over there, you know? So this weekend, Croatia is starting to do events, it's trial events. Yeah, they're doing trial events. They are. Yeah, but they've got a series. Their aim is to have everything back to normal by the 1st of July, you know? I think there's trial events going on in America, there's trial events going on in the UK, in the Netherlands, Belgium. So, you know, I think, you know, well, let's hope by July... Touch wood. Knock wood. You know, in 17, I think is it May 17th? Yes, May 17th. All restrictions end here in New York. All has come off. Yeah. Well, we we really love to go in a pub and hug somebody on May the 17th, but we're not got that far yet. So New York's finally totally opened up. That's brilliant. I, I think by June, we're going long extended hours. Wow. Yeah, that's what I saw. Wait, that's what I what? No mask? Wait, we're going long hours? And what about the clubs? Like Cielo? Is Cielo going to be open? Or? Cielo's not. Cielo has closed years prior. That was. Oh, and, good, sorry, I didn't but, know. But okay. I'm playing my first gig June 5th at Now and Then. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, my first gig. I haven't played since March of 2020. Anyway. Uh-huh. Oh, I played in my house at Pillows and Sheets Nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> That's as far as it goes. And of course, doing this, you know, for everybody. But when we heard that they actually Cuomo, our governor, is going to follow the rest, we're like, they're going to open everything up? Oh my God, that's crazy. What? No masks? No this? No that? It's like, you know what? That is so good to hear. And congratulations, Lenny. It's, it's what we all want to hear. Let's get things going again, you know? Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot of people still think, oh, it's not, they're still got that mindset. It's still going on. But listen, we're gonna we're gonna get there. We are gonna slowly, slowly we're gonna get there, and hopefully, you know, all of us have hopes and dreams. I know one of your English are, are fighting for their life right now. Uh, um, Bobby and Steve, I think it's oh Steve. yeah, it's tragic. Yeah, Steve's yeah. going. Uh, Steve still has not came out of the um, from the COVID reaction, from what I understand. I mean, yeah, it's a horrible thing. Long COVID, I believe, but. Uh, yeah, God bless. Hopefully he gets a recovery soon, you know. Yeah. But I hope, you know. Yeah, and everybody, you know, send your prayers to them. Those guys need because they have families hurting. You know, everyone, everyone's been affected somehow. If it's not a financial, they lost people. If they didn't lose their jobs, and that's nothing. Some of us are worried about what happens when we officially come back because here's the experiment that happened. I read pre-COVID that the corporations around the world were going to think about a way to phase out you going to the office. Oh, God. Think Sit about up. Think about this. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a three-year plan. 
Oh, yeah, we've heard all these ones, yeah. Right, 39-month plan, you heard it, right? Well, COVID made that 39-month plan go right like to snip, shut it yeah. down. Now, corporations are looking at their balance sheets and going, this is not a bad idea. This worked out pretty good for us. You know, we had everybody working at home, satellites. We didn't have to pay for office space. We didn't have to pay benefits anymore. People are not coming in. How much did we save? <laughs> exactly. $200 million? You know, they, 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 this is what they do. I realize people are going to definitely go back to work, which they're starting to. There is a call for those jobs, but there's also a reality check. There's going to be some changes that are going to happen. There is, but then the trouble is if people don't go back to work, there's all the little coffee shops, all the little sandwich shops, all the transport to get me there. Everybody suffers, so... You know, nobody wins in any of this, does it? Like, you know, it's a difficult one. But, you know, the main thing is we come out. And I, I, I'm just like the sound of those roaring 20s. That's what I want to hear. That's what I've been saying. It's got, me and a few others are saying, I mean, a lot of us are saying, maybe it'll be like the roaring 20s again. Because if yeah, history... We, we've been saying the same, you know? History repeats itself. The last thing that happened was in 1919, 1920. If you look, right, right. influenza. Which never even happened in Spain. It happened in America. Whatever. But anyway, right uh, after we got it under control, the Roaring Twenties broke out. That's right. Crazy. So I'm hoping we're going into 21, 22. Let's go. Same thing. Hopefully we get a good 10 more years. Party out. Because that was another fear a lot of us had. Where was this music going? Well, that's right. I mean, if it keeps going on, is what I was trying to say before. I mean... You know, guys like yourself not work for two years, you know? Then they suddenly come back with less gigs, more DJs, everybody trying to fight for a position and do stuff. It's not going to be very easy. So I'm, I'm very confident that we're going to come out booming. There's going to be a lot, lot, lot of different gigs going on. And, you know, I think it'll come. It'll come. We're just going to keep hope, you know? I'm convinced it will. I think you will. I think you will. And I can't thank you enough. You know, you you know, you got to understand everybody. It was a big, big push to get him to come on. Alex, I, I'm work. pretty shy, you know, really, Lenny. I, don't know. <laughs> I would never have known that. I would never have known that. You're doing great. You did a great thing. And, you know, is there, is there anything that is like, is there any ideas that you have before I let you go? Because yeah. is there any ideas that you have crazily thinking about that is going to be maybe possible later on? You know, after the, you know, this you know what, Lenny, my next gig is in 10 weeks' time in beautiful Croatia. People coming from all over the world, you know, a lot of friends from Israel come. I'm sure they'll be glad to get there. What's going on? Oh, you know, the loads of guys coming from America, Salah, and everybody. Do you know what? We've got all these wonderful boat parties we do there. I just can't wait to be on that ocean on the boat parties with music and the Function One sound system, the stage. The, 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 the club, the, the beach stage, everybody hugging and that. That's what we want next. Then the next one for us is like September in London and a, for a 10,000 capacity festival. You know, that, that, that's looking good called Beautiful People. And it's about, it's, yeah. And then the next one's a big one next March. You know, the, at the moment, I, I don't really think anymore. Then let's get these parties on. And I think everybody will make their own enjoyment and their own craziness and, and give them, you know, this will be their roaring 20s, you know, and that'll be my roaring 20s. And that's what we want. We just want to get 
we just want to get going again, Lenny. And I like to thank everybody for listening and thank you for this opportunity to tell my story. Oh, <laughs> Probably a lot of things I could have said, but it's hard to remember, isn't it? You know, just yeah, but you did. You t- you c- touched a lot of stuff. I hope to be invited for that yeah. anniversary. I hope you you know find in your heart to find a place for Lenny Fontana and True House Stories to come and rock rock the house. Listen, guy, you're doing a great job, Lenny, and I, like I say, really appreciate the effort you put in here. And uh, I might go and have a drink now. I need one. Nice, nice glass of rum, I think. <laughs> yeah, Alex, you're the best, brother. Thank you again. So I want to tell everybody, thank you from all of us at True House Stories to Alex Lowe's. And, thank we, you. and we want to say well, that this bottle of champagne, we hope that you have much success and nothing stops you from opening up those parties and bring us home the gold. You That's hear me? Right. We'll keep going. Listen, we all need each other. You, you, you know, you, you, you need, need you. us. We need you, and it's it's, it's a team effort. We I need. I need we you. We all need each other. You know, we need you to do what you do. You need us to provide what we provide. Together, we there's no like McFadden Whitehead said, "They yeah. ain't stopping us now." No, you know, stop missing that. The bass in my head going, doom, 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 you know, and, and, and it's really true. There ain't no going to be nothing stopping us now. And well, we're gonna- you, if, you, if you see any of the guys when you get opened up slightly earlier than us next Monday, give them all a hug from me personally. I, I believe me, they're going to call me and say, You had Alex on? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Disciple said it to me because he was on. Honest- I'll tell you what, I haven't spoken him for years. I mean, you mentioned that. I love that guy. Say hi to him, definitely. Same thing to me yesterday. He called me and says, you got Alex Lowe's on. Oh, my God. I played so many times for Alex. He's the man of the all the time. Disciple's brilliant. A nice fella, you know. All all nice people, you know. All beautiful people. That's the key. We know in house music, that's who we are. We all try to bring the sunshine, you know. Well, everybody loves the sunshine. We all know that. (laughs) Boyers <laughs> has said it himself. Everybody loves the sunshine. And we again make sure you get your tickets. If there is any tickets left, people order them. Get them off Alex because he needs you to be there to make last year happen now. And of course, Sun CB and beautiful people. Thank it's you a- very much, Lenny. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Have a great night, my friend. 